We are live on YouTube, Twitter, probably Rumble, hopefully <laughs> Rumble. And we will be in a moment on Rockfin as well. As soon as a little red button comes up. See, Jessica, I have to just kind of ramble for a minute until I see the red button on Rockfin to make sure we're streaming across things. And that's, that's, that red button just appeared. So here we are. Let's dive in. While the left and the right don't agree on much, there is one thing that they will always set aside their differences and work together to stop. And that thing is a legitimate libertarian threat to their institutional power. This is Propaganda Reports, Drive Time, News Blast. I am Brad Binkley. I have a special guest today. As you can see on screen, she has experienced the she has experienced being that threat to the left-right paradigm at the local level. She was a libertarian candidate for the Arveda City Council. Did I say that correctly? Uh, Arva- Arvada. 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 Yeah. The Arvada <laughs> City Council. Made a tomato. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Up in Colorado. And she ran what I would say is a successful non-conventional campaign. She's going to talk to us about that today, what she learned, and whatever else comes up in the conversation. Welcome to the show, Forest Mommy, a.k.a. Jessica Finsky. Jessica, any libertarian who runs for office... It's just completely up against it. I mean, we saw what they did to Ron Paul. Ron Paul would go do an interview on CNN. They would ask everybody else legitimate questions, even somebody like 0%. But Ron Paul gets there, and the first question is, there's a random supporter who down in Texas says, you had sex with Rick Scott. Can you comment (laughs) on that? And then he would just pull the thing off and walk off. The institutional powers and the media that they control, they will all come together to destroy any libertarian candidate. So that's what a candidate knows up front, which means libertarians can't do it the same way that the, the Republicans and Democrats do, which I think is kind of freeing because they can be creative and do a non-traditional type of campaign. And I believe that you did some of that successfully. Well, tell us about your campaign, just your experience. What, like For me, I'm thinking about that. I'm trying to put myself in your position, and I'm just like, I, I don't even know where I would start. I don't ever suggest it. No, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> I survived. Um, yeah. So I honestly, I never wanted to do something like that ever. Um, I like the pol- I like politics now. I like being involved, but I just never thought I would do that. And um, just the something like bit me. It was the race was available. Our campaigns director out here, Jacob Luria, was like, you know, it's a good. You're in a good position you might as well try right and so I was like okay okay and I know I have the platform online so I did it I filed my I and at that point I was I didn't have any idea I had no idea (laughs) I had no idea about like what's gonna happen how to campaign you know I had friend again our campaign director I had him his help and some other people's help and stuff but I just I was like I just throw your your name in the hat and like call it good and I but people who love campaigns love campaigns they, you know? they really love campaigns <laughs> yeah they're like this like they just love it and i'm like okay um it's like a sport so I, for them what was that it's like a sport for them it is it's a sport which i would get and then i i can understand if they win they would feel really like it would feel good but yeah so i went i signed up and it, it was unconventional for me right off the bat because the i had I posted my thing online, a picture of me. It was just at City Hall. It was just me. And I was like, I did it. I'm, you know, walking the walk. I don't want to be just talking all this time. I'm part of the Mises Caucus and local is our last chance. And we're trying to really do this. 
And so I just posted the picture and said, everyone's like, that's really cool, blah, blah, blah. Well, the next day, this news, uh, Nine News guy out here, Nine News is a NBC affiliate. And he did not, he doesn't like me because I, I outed him for almost doxing somebody else before. And, you know, he's just corporate journal who knows more than everybody and knows more than us. And we're just the plebs. So, yeah, he, he then, he must have been waiting. He was waiting for that moment to get me. <laughs> so that right, was his yeah. moment. So, yeah, the next day he basically, he posted this whole thread on how terrible of a person I am. Red but it basically made me sound cool. <laughs> yeah, it did. I, I'm reading that and I'm like, I, you don't need to sell me anymore. It sounds good. See, see, they called you an anti-vaxxer at one point, I think. Yeah, the whole first thing was like, if you live in Arvada, this girl, I have to do the voice because I just, I picture it. Like, I was like, if you live in Arvada, this girl who hates the government is trying to get in government. She's an anti-vaxxer and she hates journalists. Have you heard his voice? Do you think? Because I, I would picture No, I, I mean, I have heard his voice before, but I just, the way he posted it was so dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would, to me, it sounded reading it like, She's an anti-vaxxer. Like I sounded more of a an effeminate. That's be closer to his real voice for sure. Right. So but. I was reading that. And I'm just like, man, they really do. And it, you know, it's not even necessarily organized from the top. They're just the so the local journalists. A lot of them are controlled by the, these Google News initiatives and, and all this money that gets pumped in. And Tegna, to, this company, you know about Tegna and all that stuff. No, what's Tegna? Tegna owns. And used to own Nine News. It's like this huge umbrella company that owns all. It's like owns all these stations. And guess who's on the board of Tegna? Pfizer executives. It's just so wild. <laughs> so that, that is that's so. It's definitely in his interest to. Yeah. Sorry to uh, interrupt. <laughs> no, no. That's I didn't know that. That's very interesting. And they they so they try to make the local news look normal and grassroots, but it's not. It's just. It's CNN light at the, you know, at a regional level everywhere. And that's crazy that it's a Pfizer. And within, I think I heard you say like 12 hours, they, he was already attacking you. Yeah. Cause it was like the day I posted the afternoon before. And then by the morning I was getting a text from my friend who had been previously almost doxxed by him. It was like, Oh my God, he just posted your address. So that's the thing in that thing. He posted the affidavit, which had, which it had my address on it, which is public records. But obviously it was stupid how he did it and rude. And I don't know if it's technically doxing, but like, obviously the, like, you know, it was trying to intimidate me, but yeah. Yeah. It was literally the next day. <laughs> They're, they, you know, I, I hate to use the comparison of, of Nazis because it loses its meaning and everybody calls everybody a Nazi nowadays. But the people who are like, I would never be a Nazi in Nazi Germany are usually the ones who would be the quickest Nazis in Nazi Germany because it's not going with the crowd that makes you not a Nazi or the, you know, that, that makes you a Nazi, excuse me. It's like the hard thing is to do, to stand up for something you believe in, even when everybody else is saying that it's wrong to do that. And the thing with the, the vaccine, you know, a lot of people I know experience problems with that. I, I had some, you know, I'm not vaccinated. I, I don't, judge people who are i don't think that it's designed to kill people i, I think that it's an experiment because they want life extension technology but i'm not going to get it and that was my whole thing and that couldn't go into hospitals with my parents because i wasn't vaccinated it's just that's the harder thing to do like what you did putting yourself out there as you had no experience in politics right no 
that no. I volunteered before on boards and whatnot, but and one was quasi-governmental, but still, yeah, no politics, nothing like that. Uh, probably no fundraising apparatus. No, but again, Mr. I'll say it was Jeremy Jodola from Nine News. And talk about Nazis. There's like a couple of these guys at that station during COVID. They were definitely brown shirts and like they acted like it and they had no like qualms about it. So you were okay. right on that description. <laughs> it, yeah, it's it's crazy. They So Edward Bernays writes in his, it's like a hundred year old book. The guy who wrote the, he's Freud's nephew, wrote the book Propaganda, many other uh, eye-opening books. He wrote about logic-proof compartments that you create in people's brains with propaganda so that they can live with the contradictions and hypocrisy in their behavior and beliefs. And I, that stuff has never been more apparent to me than right now with the, the way that people are just – you can't even ask questions about things. You, you can't, I, I've seen so many people on both the left and the right, especially Nikki Haley, who I do not like at all saying and i don't even i don't even want to go down the whole israel palestine thing although i do like to when i'm like at the grocery store say oh yeah what's your opposition on israel and palestine and gaza (laughs) yeah so she says nobody should question israel nobody should question bb net nobody's above being criticized and and being questioned and it's kind of wild that right now it's rebellious to just simply ask questions about stuff yeah, it's crazy. You're even be like, I'm just I'm just criticizing the government of Israel. And it's like, you know, you get in so like much burn trouble. Burn in hell, you anti-Semite. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's so stupid. And it's the right doing the same thing that they always criticize the left for doing. Um, yeah, the- even Sauce. Like, I don't know if it's the whole, like, I still like God, Saad, but he like lost his mind over this. Where I'm like, you're doing the same thing you wrote a book about, for goodness sake. Like, It, it is wild to me. What's up, Daniel? And at, at Hey, on, Daniel. Yeah, Daniel on Rumble. Look at Rockfin here to see if we got, I'm sure some people will have some questions. But going back to your campaign, so just to give everybody just, because I think that what you achieved is, is pretty remarkable. And, and I think it can be, an inspiration, maybe a, a model for people running for office as third parties or libertarian parties in the future. You won almost 40% of the vote, something like that, 37, 38%, I 37. think. 37.5. And uh, <laughs> this guy had been in office like 11 or 12 years. 12 years, yeah. He turned out at large, so now he's doing district-specific, and he'll try and do that for 12 years. So Right. So, so you were running against an incumbent establishment guy with, with is a democrat i think it with yeah uh, he's definitely gotten like union money and there's things he's done in the town that are yeah democrat. he had a bunch of people around him telling him what to do and, and yet you won almost 40 percent with no experience no fundraising money no apparatus to begin with and, and if i'm guessing probably with you had the help of your friend but probably like what the hell do i do not much of a plan in the beginning and yet you were able to still accomplish this what did you do to get supporters um i mean locally it was definitely hard online when it blew up on twitter i actually found a lot more arvada people um coming in hey colonel and um interestingly enough i got i had gotten connected with some uh with some gop people people are gonna call me republican everything now but the gop people i met with and they were like loved me and so they're like kind of got into me and kind of where they decided not to. We have a thing out here in Colorado where we try to work with the Republicans. I'm just running a good candidate. Right. So um, they 
they like liked me. So that really helped with my local support. The online support was there. That was just, that's where I got, this is so funny. Cause everyone's like, we don't want out of state dirty money. And I'm like, well, 30 different States donated to my campaign. So, but that's because of Twitter and you know, it's national, but it did help. Like people really did believe in it. So just being myself really did help get like, the, it was funny because some of the people had to like explain me to other people, other GOP people where they're like, she's a little crazy. Okay. But like, That's you know, so <laughs> overall I like her. So it's just That's that great. happened. And like I did some of the speaking things, but that didn't really get any extra file, any local support or anything. That was just blah, blah, blah stuff. But um, yeah, it, I don't know. Just being myself and meeting with people and then people see I'm serious. Yeah, he did donate. He was like, oh, no, not him. There was this. I'll tell a story later that remind me about uh, the donations I had to donate to another charity. But um, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's just the Twitter thing really helped and because it got me people out here. There's, at first I was like, ah, oh, this kind of sucks, though, because it's not like people in my district. But then I started finding more and more people in my district through Twitter so that and other political organizations and just meeting people and being bubbly and being a blonde doesn't hurt ever. I'm sure. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's just some candidate like uh, some, you have you have a, a, a great social media uh, Twitter. You, you have a, a nice following there. Did you have that before all of this or, you know, some of it or how did you build that up? Um, my, well, my first, the biggest amount of followers I had before it was about 26,000 that I just built through during COVID, just saying the truth. <laughs> so, and right. people loved yeah. it. I mix in a little of everything. I think I'm pretty well balanced. I add the sex appeal stuff into because why the heck not? It works. So that's kind of how I built it. All I was just doing was when I first got on Twitter was like during COVID when I first started like tweeting and it was just me. It started off with me saying basically the same stuff, <laughs> just like screw the government, other words, right. you know, and all this and that. And people just started finding me. And you have strong feelings about the government. I have yeah, I have really strong feelings. I dislike them from what I gather. <laughs> right. That's why it's so people get harsh on me. Like, why are you trying to get in it then? And I'm like, it's worth the shot. <laughs> like, how else? What else are we going to do? I mean, we can yeah. sit and bitch and moan all the time and I'm fine doing that. But we might as well try and do uh, there's like. 80,000 strategies to do and people will be like, well, why are you doing that? And it's like, <laughs> it's just, it's easy to sit. You're right. Just sit on the sidelines and criticize to dive in and do it. Uh, I, it, that is the challenging thing to do. I'm imagining that. So I, there's a, a thing in improv theater comedy where you, you got to get out of your head. You just fall down and you figure out why on the way down to propel the scene forward. That's kind of how I'm imagining how I would campaign. All right, let's just do it. And we'll figure it out along the way. And I, I don't know if you had a, a similar experience, but I, I'm just, so one thing a lot of people I think they would be concerned about is the attacks that are coming their way. Like that one guy who doxed you and you, you said you, you played the sex appeal on your Twitter uh, account, which I totally, I need to start doing that. I think a little more <laughs> sex appeal. On my Twitter. But did they come after you for that too? I, th- I, th- I think I read someone criticizing you. Um, I don't, I, maybe some, like, some of the last stuff I didn't see, but on Twitter, a lot of libertarians kept the, like, libertarians who infight all the time were always bring up. All the time. Like, (laughs) it's so All the fucking time. It's like, put that energy into actually doing something, but, because there's going to be fighting and organizational issues anyways, but these people are, like, dead set on making it worse than it has to be. 
So I saw them sometimes do stuff. I did this crazy stunt for new um for the July with a sparkler in my butt. And people, so like some people would try to bring that up. That never came up like in my real in anything. I was prepared for that. Like when I was door knocking, I'm like, this person might know. <laughs> so what were you gonna say? You knock on my door, and I'm like, you're the one with the, the sparkler in her ass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I would just be like, yeah, that was me. That was my. That was gonna be my thing. Yeah, that's me. I did it. Like I don't know. I just like as as a uh, because you know that kind of it would hit you so you get that defensive thing which is this is what i've been working on too is like you just the more you're like yeah that's that was me just like calm down and then breathe through it yeah yeah yeah, just like whatever so um what everybody in the country needs to learn is the emotional propaganda triggers from the news is before you react step back take a deep breath and remind yourself it's designed to provoke you And, you know, uh, they want to keep the short circuits thinking I've actually also shot fireworks out of orifices of my body. Okay. And, you know, it's normal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, (laughs) it's it's fun. Fortunately, I never had any accidents doing that. But that's that's America. And I think it's great that you embraced everything about like that's I've kind of imagine myself in this situation i would never want to run for office in fact i'm curious if you even wanted to win or if you wanted to make some noise like to me i I think it'd be fun to to run and and just play around and do a bunch of stunts but i would never want to win did you want to win um i wanted to win uh, especially because the supporters wanted me to win i wanted to win just to be able to like actually try and do some of these more libertarian policies um, I didn't want to win because I don't have to work right now, and it would have been a full time job. <laughs> so that yeah. that was like a oh damn, we gotta get back in that group. And then um, yeah, just didn't want to win. Just yeah, the commitment of it for four years, I suppose. But yeah, there, I was like half and half if I wanted to win. If I did, which I know sounds terrible, but that was just realistic. That's how I, mean, I, felt I imagine like- when you started. You probably did you think you would have a chance at win? Did you think you'd get as much support and votes as you did um i when i first signed up i didn't think i would win then i kind of was like oh there is actually kind of a chance and then closer to the more like events we did and i kind of got the vibe of the people i was like yeah i'm not probably not gonna win but um i'm i'm super happy with the amount of people that voted for me that was the whole like we had a party for the night watching it because we had a handful of people running for other positions. <laughs> and it was like, as soon as we got the results, they're like, it doesn't look good. And they're like, it came up on the screen. And I was like, at that point, I it was at like 4,400. I was like, oh, God, I got 4,000 people to vote for. Like, I was excited yeah, about yeah. that. So Was it a little bit scary, the possibility that you might win? Yeah, because then like, I would have, it would be, not only would I have to try and put forth my libertarian principles and stick to them, I knew like, because I know I would get called out. So if I would vote on anything, I knew I'd just be, you know, it would just be really hard to, <laughs> and I have to be like, really, hey, Alice, I have to be really um, a lot more buttoned up. You know, that's never a good thing for me to feel. <laughs> so that was yeah. kind of. Well, you think you would, but a lot of these politicians <laughs> don't seem to be buttoned I, well, up. Well, that, you know, that's the thing. They've made it so like, we have all these like dumb ones like Fetterman and then the whole thing with the lady in Virginia and then Bo Bird out here happened. And I'm like, and people say, I'm so terrible. <laughs> Everybody like, wants to go see Beetlejuice with Bo Bird like, at this point. Now we had uh, Daniel on rumble says that he likes the green. 
Thanks, Daniel. Yeah, Daniel's awesome. awesome. If you ever need a Power Rangers expert, Daniel is your person. Really? I don't yeah. know a lot about Power Rangers. I All know. Right. I was All like, right. kids, I babysit loved it. Now I'm an expert because of him. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> Are you a sci-fi fan? One of your shows had, I can't pinpoint what the theme was, but I, I think that it was from, I think it was one of the shows on your YouTube page. A sci-fi thing or the well, intro, the intro music seemed like a little sci-fi. Um, there's we, we, there's one thing that's got the like Marvel Universe soundtrack that's to right. it. Yeah, so, I'm not into comics at the all. Babies, lesbian, LGBTQI universe. Yes, exactly. Is what it has become now. Yes, you can't watch any of those shows without scissoring going on ten minutes into it. It's just which is the name of one of my shows? The Scissor Me Timbers. And that's why I brought that in <laughs> together. There. Yeah. Yeah. What, so what podcast, you have a couple of podcasts that you do. You do what, what are the name of your shows? And I know they can find them on your YouTube page. Yeah. So YouTube and rumble, mostly I'm rumble. Cause I kept getting strikes on YouTube. Me too. Um, and yeah, I could have just, well, and I was like, I could just say no. I'd just be like, no, nah, just say no to everything. Like right. I could have just been that, but now they get me at the meetings in person and I at public comment and I don't have to follow as many rules as them. So. I can say what I want. Um, that's great. Yeah, so I started a podcast during COVID, like everybody else. Like I wasn't just on top of it like y'all were. Hey, JC. Um, and so I have one show on Sunday where it's like we more interview people, which I'd love to have you on sometime. And it's uh, like an hour, just like kind of like this interview show. And then um, w- there's like subsidiaries of it now. There's other people, Alice, and everybody in my they have all their own shows. And then I also have Scissor Me Timbers, which is, it's a girl show. And it's it's mostly like libertarian-leaning, liberty-minded women on. And we just kind of shoot the shit and all Yeah, that. let's listen to it. You guys, at least you and at least one other on the show, maybe more, are part of, uh, like officially part of the Libertarian Party. And I think you're part of the Mises Caucus. Is that correct? I am. Yeah, I'm so in so deep. I hate myself. I'm like <laughs> state organizer for Mises Caucus. I'm actually not on the board for LP Colorado, but I help them so much. I help. I love volunteering with them. I go to like multiple different county affiliate meetings a month. We have all these other events I love to go to. So we have a really cool crew out here in Colorado, which I'm very thankful for. Like it does help you get motivated to do these things. Like now coming up the legislative session, we have a guy who's, that's his heart, man. And so we have this really good legislative session where we know the bills are coming up. We're going to go testify. We're going to be down there all the time. And I was down there for a special session and I was recognized. So I'm yeah. like, <laughs> bring it. And they act all like crazy anyways. We have democratic socialists who are in our state house and they act crazy. So I'm like, okay, fine. Set the bar. I don't care. They, I think right now, modern politics is, I mean, it's always been a performance, but now with the way people get attention, it, it, it's, the biggest, most bombastic performers kind of rise to the top. Look at George Santos. I mean, the guy just made up a bunch of stuff. <laughs> and, and he, I, I kind of hope he just stays because I'm like, at least he's open about the fact that he makes stuff up. All these other people also make stuff up, but they just lie about. Adam Schiff is the creepiest, rapist-looking person you've ever seen in your life. Yet he, he's been in the, the government for God knows how long. I mean, I feel like he's been there my entire lifetime. There, there's... Very few people who just appear to be like down to earth and normal because they all lie and they all I think that they think everybody's stupid because they talk out of both sides of their mouth all the time. 
And it's, for me, refreshing to see someone be an open book. Because if you're, gonna, if you're an open book, then they, don't, they ain't got shit against you. I think that's yeah. the way to do it, is to embrace it. Because nobody, this idea that nobody has anything in there, that it, other people aren't going to criticize, is stupid. I mean, it's just dumb, and it creates these uh, uh, mythical characters, these politicians, that uh, the stereotypes and images that people have of them are not real. That's why it's so shocking to some people when they, uh, someone has, uh, you know, like uh, Jimmy Savile, when he dies, they have a four-day parade in the UK, and then the police find his rape dungeon. You know, when you build these myths, it makes that a little bit shocking for people. You said something on one of the shows I was listening to about going to these uh, these meetings at the Capitol or wherever it is in Colorado, and doing maybe some stunts. Not not too extreme on the stunts, but what kind of stunts have you done? Uh, but it most would be in just my testimony. I will. I like to say fit zingers to them. I like to look them in their eyes and tell them they're my enemy. You know, things like I don't know if anyone's ever gone to testify for a bill the state. You. Uh, this is what got me ho- almost hooked too. Last year, at the session, my first, I went and testified for something, and then I was like, oh, that felt yeah, yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, it was like, yeah, it's great. It's therapy. <laughs> it is therapy to me. So anyone. Yeah. <laughs> Give it a shot. There's they'll beat some bill of them trying to take away something you care about. So you can go speak on it. So it'll be more yeah. in my words. Um, and just you know, saying these things to them and when they act like just the other day when we were there, my friend Brandon, Brandon Work, freestatecolorado.com. He's amazing, man. He was they didn't release a bill to like right then for us to look through. So we were you know, and he someone else looked through and sent we set him up. They sent him up to do a test to testify. And this one, one of the Democratic Socialists who she's the worst was like, well, you're wrong. <laughs> like, just said that to him. And we're like, like, no, that doesn't fly. So I'm going to have no problem being back, be, you know, being that way back to them because they're all they're all a joke. They're all a joke. <laughs> so. Yeah. Garland Favrito of Voter GA has done a lot of the work on election integrity in Georgia and actually presented legitimate cases that are still in the system, despite the fact they say there were 61 cases and they were all dismissed, even though none of them were reviewed on the merits by the court. But he organized a bunch of people, over 100 or so, to go down to testify to the, the Georgia Election Board about the voting machines and all of the other things. And it's just so much fun to watch because everybody has two minutes and they get up there and they just kind of, you know, they they do their thing. They either show a chart or they, they make fun of them. I, I, I love that stuff. Yeah. And did, do you record it when you do it? Yeah, I have a few recordings around my YouTube. With The first one I don't think is up on my YouTube, but we recorded it. We had, there was an AR ban that they tried to do last year, which they'll try and do again. But that was the same thing. They were there to one in the morning because there was like 500 people who wanted to speak. And it was just I wasn't there in person that day, but it was just like the and you can zoom in. You can zoom in testimony now, too. So it was just they've actually made it very easy for you to call in and yell at them. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people realize that, that you are able to go and and speak openly to these people. Now, will they listen? I guess that's going to depend on who is elected in your state. But if it's recorded like you're doing, like some others do, you can take that recording and you can spread it on the internet. That is the good thing about the social media and everything is the ability to show 
what's going on, what people really feel versus what some of these people behind the bench, hiding behind power uh, are, are doing. I don't think everybody who, who is in government is bad. You know, I, I think that at the highest levels, it's kind of hard, I believe, to, to get elected and stay elected at like the federal level or, you know, in the Senate and Congress without being compromised in some way. I think people at the local levels are probably a lot more authentic. But either way, more of that needs to go on. And I, I think I, I think running for office, I think that should be like part of a campaign, which sounds like you, you might have made it part of your campaign, is to show how you will confront some of uh, the powers that are holding us back and holding the ideas of liberty back. What advice would you tell yourself in the beginning of this or anyone else who runs for office as a libertarian in the future? Um, first thing is get a P.O. box. <laughs> Just start with that. Yeah, so yeah. anything you have to put like to mailbox so that doesn't show which no one, no one, not to invite anyone, but no one's come after me. I live in a blue collar neighborhood and we're all strapped to the gills. And I was yeah. like, just try, try it anti-fuck. That's who they were trying to get to come after me. So dumb. Um, and then if it is a nonpartisan race, which this was funny. I don't know if you read this article from the Arvada Press. So I was just filling the affidavit out. I've never done this before, right? I'm like, okay, just fill it out. And the, there's a spot for my party affiliation on there. But it's a nonpartisan race. So I didn't have to fill that in, but I just did. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just filling it out. Right, you yeah. know, no, I knew it wasn't going to show on the ballot or anything. So it's like, whatever. Well, so the, the that day, the um, county clerk, town clerk called me and was like, You put this on here, Zach. Do you want that or do you want to redo it? And I was like, Well, it doesn't show up on the ballot, right? And she's like, no. And I'm like, well, who cares? <laughs> well, people cared. People really cared. So they wrote this article about how me and this other libertarian who was running at the time, he dropped out before the before the um, vote. But <laughs> like they were like, oh, these these libertarians coming in and like <laughs> made this big... it doesn't matter. How dare they fill out the form given to them? Yeah, I know. And like, it, like it matters. Like everyone knows who's right and left anyways, you know, it's not that hard. And one positive thing I, I had, this happened twice, but the best one was because it was this rich dude's door I knocked on. And he was like, oh yeah, I read that article where they were like, she's a libertarian. And I was like, whatever. Like, you know, so people saw that and thought it was stupid, which was good. And they, the whole article is hilarious because they were being so exclusive totally. of us. They were like, oh, libertarians, this libertarian, that. And then they got to the part where I was like, I want to end DEI training in the city if it's coming up. And then my opponent said something like, oh, that's disruptive. We need to be as inclusive as possible. I'm like, the whole damn article was exclusive. It was and sucking like, like three dicks when he said that. I don't think anybody really agrees with DEI stuff except for the no. politicians that benefit from it. It's the stupidest stuff. I don't know any black people. I know a lot of black people. I play a lot of basketball. They all think it's stupid. The only people who think it's great are the white progressives that I know who've never actually met a black person. <laughs> right. And that's, yeah, that's literally him. Just, and he works for a bureaucracy. He works for another department in the government. And he's city council now and been city council. I'm like, how is that allowed? That's like double. He's got two taxpayer jobs now. That's what he does. He's a government funded career politician. And these people who like that article, you're, you're right. It's it made him look like a dipshit, an unlikable 
dipshit that nobody wants to hang or he's like somebody who is just going to complain about something every few minutes and find a reason to make himself the victim in every situation he's in. He definitely has his pronouns in every bio that, that he is, and he definitely protects people from being misgendered, and he definitely has very few friends because he's <laughs> trying to impress this uh, uh, establishment media uh, that the progressives project because maybe he thinks he'll get a job at CNN one day or MSNBC from the local outlet, but I, none of that shit reflects reality, in my opinion. I, I think most people are pretty... You know, more to the middle, and I think that they're tired of that bullshit. I mean, how many swimmers with big dicks are going to dominate chicks till people are like, okay, this is a little too much. Right. Yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah. Well, back. are you going to run again? Um, no. <laughs> no. I'm like, I'm super glad I did it. I'm super, everyone's, they're trying to tell me I'm going to, they're like, no, 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 honey, you need to run at state level now. And I'm like, they like to do that once you go. And I understand I am a face to be used and that's fine. But like, I don't have the knowledge and experience too. So it's a very hard thing to put yourself up to criticism like that. Like a lot of people would obsess. It was rough. (laughs) Like I'm. It was rough. I won't say I don't have any drug problems, but I glad I didn't develop any new drug problems. <laughs> That's <Right>. good. <laughs> um, no, but I want to help other people. So here's the thing with the Libertarian Party. 50 years, y'all. 50 years, and we don't have like a really good local campaign program. Right. So um, yeah. want to help with the, the Mises Caucus is doing amazing now. Run is a libertarian.org. We're like, they're they have help. They're helping. We have a whole program now. So that's the, I'm glad I went through it so I can offer my, you know, my experience. And I totally want not, not that I like love campaigns as, as much as those other people we talked about, but I want to, I want to help people. I want to listen that. And I want to like door knock for them. Cause I would be a volunteer for them. Cause it was, that was the hardest part. Like I'm lucky I have my platform and the couple of times I needed volunteers for like signatures and such. Luckily um, I got enough volunteers those days, but you know who I don't luckily I'm kind of glad the spread was big because if it had only been a hundred or something people, which happened at some of the other races, I would have been like, Oh, I could have knocked on 300 more doors and maybe it would have made a difference. But I'm like, okay, there was no, there was nothing I could do with it. Like I, there's nothing more I could have done. So. Right. so how much time did you spend knocking on doors? Um, God, probably Probably like sixty hours total. Yeah. I would say, like, it was a good amount. A lot of weird people. Yeah, and it was, and I would, I would have done more, but I don't want to go by myself. Sorry, like That's some of the male candidates, I feel like they can go by themselves. A little, it's a little easier, but I'm not. I'm just not that kind of person. Like, I'm not no, like, I mean, you're, I don't even like not... doing it to start with. So. A, a pretty blonde girl knocks on some creep's house. <laughs> that's that's not necessarily a good situation. But yeah, yeah what, what do you say when you knock on the door? I, I don't like. How do you? Um, I try to be pretty personable. Uh, I, there's better things I could say. I have my friend Brandon again would help me with sales pitching because <laughs> it's like you're in, this is sales, and I'd be like, ah. yeah. but mostly I was, uh, you know, I'm I'm Jessica Fensky, or I would ask if they vote in the. Uh, do they normally vote in the? Um, city council races well i'm running i'm from right down the road uh you know i believe in a smaller government and just making sure that regular citizens are involved with the government uh i hope to bring more information to you guys you know most people didn't want to talk get deep a few people did 
um and a few people i definitely you know are just progressive white women <laughs> i was like well we're done <laughs> like it's fine so um yeah i was get mad at you the progressive women um kind of or like so there was a stupid trash issue out here and the, i would bring that up but a lot of people who live in the hoas don't know about it that yeah. the guy i lost to pushed this whole trash which i'm like this is so like organized crime but yeah, he pushed a trash service on everybody, told everybody they were too stupid to vote on it. And then, but then when everyone complained and tried to recall him, like the guy who won has already been almost recalled before, but he won. Yeah. Um, and I have all the signatures. Um, he, he then, then they changed it so you can opt out, but you still pay $8. So I, we pay $8 for a trash service we don't use. Where's the money going? But a lot of people in the HOAs never, they don't see that because it's not, they don't get those bills. It goes through the HOA. So, like, a lot of people didn't understand that. And other people were like, well, that's good. Like, a lot of people just believe they want the government to force monopolies on everyone all the time. And so they, a lot of people would say, well, that's good. You know, that. and I'm like, to pay for something you don't use is good. It's you good know? for them. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's good for the people imposing it and controlling it. Yeah. I personally am not a fan of, in fact, I dislike HOAs strongly. Yeah. And I, yeah. You can voluntarily live in one or not, though. That's my yeah, film. Right. Like, they're fine. But <laughs> as this guy has proven, they're trying to make the whole town into a big giant uh, yeah. HOA. And they're trying to do 15-minute cities. This lady, the lady who went at large, brought that. I'm like, she just casually brought up breaking Arvada into 15-minute cities. I'm like, do you even know what you're saying? <laughs> right. right. Did, did Klaus Schwab kidnap you and program you last night? Where, where does that even come from? I think these people don't even know where some of this stuff Comes they don't. And she's that lady specifically has worked for city and county endeavor for like 30 years and retired from there. So it's like all these govern all the government people want at spot on the city council. Think, there. Yeah, these people makes no sense. Shit. I think we should, I, should I answer Colonel there? Oh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. So at first he didn't care and he was like, oh, yeah, good on you. He doesn't he doesn't participate in any of my politics. This is Forrest what did Forrest Daddy think of all of this? Is the question. So he was um at first he didn't care and then when i got doxxed he was mad and then yeah <laughs> but then once i start getting all the donations he was all super excited because yeah. he didn't have, he didn't have to donate any money yeah yeah b he pays for my life so he donates that but uh he and then um he was like he was like you don't even have to campaign and you'll win you know like because that's how these a lot of these people have won is uncontested or just you know just on a whim so um, before they become establishment, so he he was he really thought I was going to win, which was kind of cool. But I, I think it's just a, a testament to what you can accomplish at the local level. This you had everything up against you, I mean, more yeah. so than most candidates. I mean, usually even when a libertarian candidate runs, there is a little bit of kind of a scaffolding that uh, they follow through. In fact, sometimes the scaffolding is, is so strong that we later learn that the Libertarian was just a puppet for the Democrats or the Republicans or something like that. Uh, yeah, that just happened. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Where? I was saying, that's not the case. With um, or I think it just happened. Uh, Can Kansas, somewhere in T Topeka, Kansas? Somewhere in Kansas, Lily something, and she said she's a Libertarian, but the Libertarian Party of Kansas... Oh, thanks, Carl. Everyone thought I was going to, I, you know, it was. Well, you might have won. You know, I'm not saying that. Yeah, we, who too. knows? Really, <laughs> right. right. Um, yeah. yeah, so it's Lily something and she won there and she's, she's a registered libertarian, but doesn't do anything with the party. And apparently someone researched and a lot of her donations were 
Coke or something, and you know, Coke Brothers or something. Oh so God, that's crazy. <laughs> You're not really a third party if the no. are, are are funding you. Yeah, great. Have everyone come out to Colorado. You, you look like you live on a farm. Do you live on a far or a big plot of land out there? So, my, well, Arvada this sounds so snobby. My so my the property my I grew up on with my parents and their house is um, about an hour from where I'm at in Arvada, and I get to be there and I go there a lot because it's in a forest where Forest Mommy came from, and I just spend a lot of time down there. So yeah. that's not like I don't live there permanently. I just try to, <laughs> and especially yeah. since my race, since I didn't lose or I I lost, I'm, I like get to spend more time down there, which is fine. So it's a family property. In, cool. in rural Colorado, you have a dog, which I I love to. I have a dog, so I take way too many dog pictures. I've seen some of your dog pictures. What kind of dog do you have? He is a mix of a a boxer and a pit bull. Oh yeah, he's adorable. I like it. What he is. I like it. Yeah, yeah. No, there's a meme where it's like a guy like every time my dog does something and he's got like a giant camera crew photoing it. And I'm like, that's me. Every time my dog falls asleep in a cute way, just <laughs> all the time. So. Tell me about the origin of all of this, which, from what I understand, had to do with the COVID lockdown and how it affected you. Yeah, I mean, really, I I got off of, I got docs on Facebook in March 2020. And so I got off of there, but I was like, I need, there was something wrong going on. I need to figure this out. So I'd gotten on Twitter and I don't even know. I don't even know how, but I started being on like Liberty Twitter mm -hmm. and finding people like you and Monica, like I said before, like your voices are, I can still remember like your voices from that time period. Um, and I, I'm so thankful for you people like you who are out there saying the truth. Um, and yeah, I just kind of was like, okay, I have a free space to speak here and talk about what I feel is going on. And Getting on Twitter is that the information, even with all that censorship that was going on, yeah. the real information was still out there. Yeah, you could still find it. Like I found Rational Guard and all those people and all, you know, all this information that was the real information. So, yeah, just went from there and built and you know, and then now I got involved with the party. And Did that which, piss you off all the shutdown stuff? Like you, oh. you were mad about it? I still, I lost 20 pounds. I was so mad. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I was just like shaking. Yeah, it made no sense. Me, as someone who paid it forward in my life, kept myself healthy, did everything right, and I was treated like a criminal. I was treated like I was bad. Right. And like, you know what I mean? And I was like, I'm not bad. <laughs> I'm not doing anything wrong. And the fact that you would, when you would question anything, the way people would jump on you, just questioning things, it felt so vile it felt just so I, I never treated people like that in my life not that i'm a right. perfect person yeah. but i never treated anyone like that in my life you know right. so it was just yeah i was mad it took i did i built my well i my husband you know like i've been able to build my great life i wanted because i used to work when i was young and i was broke and now in my 30s i was like awesome oh, i built this i can do my yoga, I can do my skiing, I do my dancing, all this. And then they just took it away from me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. They just killed all, all the scene for, the, especially stuff like entertainment like that. <laughs> and they they just spent all their time sucking the shit out of Dr. Fauci's dick. And he became this hero. And they just ignored his history. Yeah, they yeah, the gay club. 
the gay clubs were discriminating against me, who had been the supporter of them for years. And we know what Fauci did to the gays. And they were the first ones to fall in line with all this. And it was like, right. what is wrong with you people? They brought so Fauci, the questions during the press hearings weren't about any of the evidence or any of the potential side effects, which even if you so they call them rare side effects because they pretend or they demonize any doctor who might say, I discovered a side effect, which means doctors won't report them, which means they're always going to be rare when the fear is sat there. But even so, there are still rare side effects that you can find on Google Scholar, that you can look at case studies, and you can go to people and say, hey, you know that the vaccine wasn't 100% effective on 100% of people. Here is a vaccine side effect that was adverse for someone. And, and they'll be like, you're a MAGA Republican. And then they'll be like, Brad Pitt should play Fauci. And then Brad Pitt is on SNL pretending to be Fauci. It was the craziest shit I've ever seen in my life. And people, you've been tweeting about this recently. I was reading it. People forget about this. Like it didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, everyone's brains got melted. I mean, just all okay. We're one of what two or three countries that can have actual pharmaceutical advertising. What's at the end of every advertising? Adverse side effects that can happen. So everyone knows you you can't even give Advil to everybody because there will be negative side effects. It's crazy. What? Well, so I do theater and comedy, and most of the people, except for the ones that are closeted. And talk to me, but they don't tell other people necessarily all of their 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 true beliefs. They uh, um they'll get in arguments uh, like a handful of my friends and some of my friends. One of them in particular is a good guy, is a smart guy, but he he actually in this instance wasn't very smart because my other friend said that he thought that a vaccine might have had an adverse effect on a family member, and there it he's actually has a pretty good argument for it. And the knee jerk reaction was. I hate to see you consumed by Newsmax, right wing, white male, Christian extremism. Alex it was Jones. Just, That's Alex Jones stuff. No, it's crazy. It was like the most convoluted connecting of every single thing that he's been conditioned to think is bad into one. And I'm like, well, what about the people who it's proven like from your sources to have had an adverse side effect. Is that person also a MAGA right white Christian? What, what, where does the line go? When can you just express consideration about it? And I've been racking my brain the past few weeks about how this person who's so smart is so captured and brainwashed and demonizes speculation, but is blind to it. It's wild. Does that make any sense what I just said? <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. That's that's the whole thing about it. And they turned even just that whole thing can trying to connect things with this and that. And they've tried to do, you know, that was the whole plan all along in 2016 and all the hype about Trump and make it trying to connect everything and make everything identity politics and everything, all this and that. And it's just like that that is the pro that is the so that is the like the enemy, I think, of of libertarianism. I actually believe that most people, they don't realize it, but most people are libertarian in the way that they behave. I, I know a lot of people who express progressive ideas and are very sometimes radical on social media, but they've started their own business. They've, you know, they pulled themselves up by their bootstraps and, and they're very resourceful. And I'll tell them, like, you know, you do everything libertarians promote 
except when you go on and, and, and promote you know, take all my power away and give it to collectivism. And uh, that's what identity politics, it's every, it doesn't matter what it is, Israel, Gaza, whether it's religion, whether it's race, it, whatever, it's always takes the worst person in whatever the defined group is and defines everyone in that group as the worst person. So it is a built-in conflict that will only lead to power gained by the organizer and wealth and division and prison and possibly death by the activists that they coax into going on the, quote, front, put your body on the line, as Linda Sarsour used to say, and they'll just go fight and kill each other. It's just like people get mad at me when I criticize, because a lot of people like to do activism, but I'm like, look, you have to, is activism that gets no attention by the media? I'm cool with that because those are people do, that are probably not getting manipulated by the Stacey Abrams of the world who literally got wealthy and famous beginning by sending a bunch of black guys after the Rodney King riots to the Korean, the only Korean grocery store across the street from Spelman University, the all-black university, and burned down and rioted and ran the whole family to the top of the building and tried to kill them. She led that, and she admitted to leading that. But she didn't. She wasn't on the front line. These people are conned and manipulated with this idea of being a part of something. And you, you talk about libertarianism to them. I had somebody say to me once, um, I fucking hate libertarians. They're fucking extremists. I'm like, oh, I'm a libertarian. I, 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 I align with libertarians. And they're like, oh. and she just like walked a couple of feet away from me. This was after a show that I did that I, I killed at. And she thought I was funny. And then instantly was disgusted by me when I told her that. And... It just it, they fucking demonize the idea, and it's crazy to me because here in Atlanta there's a cop city protest against this building of a cop training center, and the ones leading the protest were libertarians, and the ones protesting in the woods were these communist Antifa people, and one of my friends who is all about this, and he has no idea that he's aligning with libertarianism. Like he thinks libertarianism is a MAGA Trumper, but it's just fucking blocked off in his brain. And how do you think we get through to people with all the propaganda sources coming to them? How do we overcome this? Um, one thing I've just a very simple thing I've said to people that they've seemed to like, I've had people who say, oh, I've never thought about it that way. And it's just it's so simple. It's just like just say, you know, there's an apparatus of force. You're not scared necessarily of the left or the right, because guess what? We all live. We all are friends. We live around people who are left or right. And it's fine. We're scared of the government forcing the right on the left or forcing the left on the right. That's what we're scared of. It's the apparatus of force that can do the forcing. That's it. And that's that. The less power that has, the less we have to be scared, you know, and they, but they've got everyone scared of the left or the right, which yeah. is the, it's trust me, everyone's got problems. But without the government, who cares? Much like the with like the COVID restrictions, if the cops had said we are enforcing any of this, then none of that would have went on. You know, so it's like if right. you have no nothing to force it, then it's not as scary. And that's crazy with like your the community, your experience after a show. Like here's an example of, oh, maybe what I've heard is wrong. And, right. and instead, yeah. Of, yeah. <laughs> instead of being like that, they go the opposite. If people are totally. nice. so They program these stereotypes of these things into people's heads. And when I call them language landmines, when certain words are said, it triggers reactions not to the individual in front of them, but to the stereotype uh, that, that is propagated by identity politics. Uh, and they're no longer listening to to whoever's in front of them. Yeah, and that that's so I try to like 
use different language whenever I recognize that certain words have been demonized and triggered because that's what they do. I, so I, I used to do a lot of these. I would go to a lot of these indivisible activist trainings and some of these other stupid groups, which are very influential. They have people in precincts all over the country. Some of these people were, they were congressional staffers and they got funded from the top. They pretend to be grassroots, but I, I would go to their trainings and they are the stupidest shit you've ever seen in your life. But they influence people who are looking and searching for something or looking for a leader or want to be involved in something and they exploit that. And it's usually 47, 48-year-old women with purple hair and uh, their pronouns in their bios telling their audience, and the audiences are often big in, in these things, that if someone comes to them, and they have a big PowerPoint presentation that says this as well, if someone comes to you and tries to tell you that Martin Luther King said that people shouldn't be judged by the, the color of their skin, they should be judged by the content of their character, and they're arguing against protesting and you know throwing bricks through windows. They are a white racist who is gaslighting you. Like they literally change the meaning of powerful, influential figures, wonderful words like that to fit their agenda. So that becomes unusable. Like you can't even say, hey, well, if you're using this identity pod, you know, it seems like Martin Luther King wasn't down with that. Then they'll just like back off and say, you fucking racist gaslighter. <laughs> and I'm like, you're white, bro. Well, like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Well, they're so organized to groups like that's the saddest thing. I'm always like, it's so hard to get people to show up. And then you see these yeah. groups and then you see the, the Palestine, con the protests. And I'm like, oh, it, it is wild. It's. <laughs> They, they like the, – so the libertarians – you talked about the infighting earlier. That's one of the – so libertarians are so independent, <laughs> you know. That's part of the, part of the challenge is the, that independence, which I think might cause some of that conflict. While the others are like bought in to collectivism, I think the infighting is not necessarily good. I think it can be good if it's productive. I don't know how often – that it is productive because I think there's two extremes of libertarianism, you know, I think there's like a right extreme to it and then a, a, a left extreme to it. And I think that those kind of come into conflict. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? Like, like Yeah, that's for sure. And just yeah. people who want to, it's the whole, like, I get hating part because party politics is stupid. It's, it's stupid dumb. that we have, so but this tool exists and it's been kept along for 50 years might as well, and that's the only way you can fight politics with politics. You know, you can do all the activism in the world, which I will always do. But like, this is something to actually try and fight it with, right? The act, their their system, kind of yep. trying it, and for and it takes so much work just to keep like a state affiliate. It's all volunteer work. It's all you know, just so much work to keep it going. And you get these people who just all they care about is controlling the organization. That's all they care I, about. Absolutely, they don't, yeah. they don't care about the activism. They don't care about running candidates. They don't care. They and I'm like. That's the whole reason that we there's a party. If you don't care about that stuff, then don't worry about the party. <laughs> like so, they're always constantly trying to create conflict. I just whoo, sorry. I just saw the other cool. my hand a lot. I just saw the other day someone set out like a a postcard to someone saying like if you don't want to, if you're not happy with the LP, you know, don't donate again and come with us or something. Or and it's it's like if yeah. you have the money to send out a mailer. Why aren't you sending out a mailer telling people how terrible the government is? Or I had out here we had people 
who would run to the who weren't even in the party anymore. They would run to the newspaper and call us all MAGA Nazis. She literally called us MAGA Nazis and all this <laughs> stuff. And she's claimed she did it. And then us defending ourselves threw her off a loop. And so she's attacks me and Karen Ann Harlos is out here too. This crazy woman attacks me and her constantly. I don't even see it because I'm not on Facebook, but every now and then someone will show me a screenshot. I'm like, these people are insane. They, they are have insane. all the time to do this stuff. And it's, it's they don't even know me, first of all. And it's just insanity. Yeah. Now I have a couple of friends that I used to do comedy with who just kind of fell into this. It, it, they act like they're Antifa. They've clearly gone to these activist trainings because what they do is they send you scripts to post on social media. And so he would post all these very script. I mean, I, I I would look at the email I got and he'd be saying the same thing. And what you can do is you can just copy and paste it and put it in quotes and search it on Twitter or the internet and you'll get like a hundred or even, you know, 500 of the exact same things. And like he fell into that. Then he started going on to my LinkedIn account, which I haven't used in probably 12 years and started calling me a white nationalist. And this is someone that I, I used to do comedy with all, all the time. And I, I never did anything wrong to, but he learned that I was uh, on WSB for a little while, which was considered uh, a right-wing uh, radio network. And uh, then he, he would listen a little bit. So he saw himself as one of those trackers who listens to shows for the purpose of trying to send it to media matters so they can be demonized. And I'm like, dude, what, 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 like, why are you trying to like all of a sudden attack? It's just, I, I am not being a dick to you, but you're clearly being like, He's a Jewish guy who, when I said something about the Azov Battalion, you know, us sending money to Nazis, his response was to share this obviously propagandistic tweet, which even in that tweet, you know, narrowed down, well, these, this many has been reformed, this many are gone, so at the most, there are only 100 Nazis in the Ukrainian army, and I'm like, so you're okay with a hundred Nazis? You're Jewish, dude. And it's just, then it's like, I got to go deal with my own Nazi, Marjorie, Marjorie Taylor Greene. I'm like, my God. Like, I feel like he has like kids and shit. I'm like, what are your kids doing right now? Well, you're fucking tweeting all day at me. Like he spends three hours a day tweeting at Marjorie Taylor Greene. I'm like, what, what, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> It, it's uh, wild. I do get it. Twitter is great because you can yell directly at politicians. It's funny. Yeah. It's, Twitter is one great. So you I get understand response it. too. It's great. <laughs> yeah. No. Ted Cruz liked a, 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 a tweet that I sent at him once about how he's thinking about Bitcoin. It's a stupid meme. But uh, um, I'm like, why, you know, why would Ted Cruz ever like anything I say? I, I've made fun of him for like six years now, but he has no idea. <laughs> you know, it's like a, a blowfish. With his, you know, I don't like any of these fucking politicians. I, I think they're probably some of them are. I start off not liking them. I should say that because I, I want to default to even if I feel like I should identify with them, I, I, I need to be more critical of them than, you know, Biden, Hillary Clinton, they're not going to manipulate me. Trump, who is funny as shit, okay? I feel sorry for people who can't recognize how funny Trump is. However, that don't mean I trust him, you know? Yeah, I mean, a guy, I stepped in the hornet's nest today just asking him, and I'm like, chill out, guys. I actually hope he wins because it'll be, like, hilarious. <laughs> so Right. If we're going to, you know, might as well have something funny. And, and I love how the media is like, uh, well, Donald Trump keeps saying, Obama, you know, calling Biden Obama, and, and his mentally 
uh, declining, just to counter the Biden narrative. Trump does like two hour stand up comedy rallies four <laughs> times a week. And they're, they're legitimately trying to, like Jake Tapper, Donald Trump is losing his mental capacity. You can see he called Obama. It, it, it's just like, I wish they would just fold up, suck their own dicks and roll down a hill into a hole in the middle of the universe <laughs> where Brian Stelter and, and Jake Tapper and yeah. Anderson Cooper can all have group, whatever it is they do at CNN together for eternity. It, it's so annoying. And I try and stop myself from getting like mad at it because I know the idea is to piss people off. It's not to report news. Like if you judge these people as people who are journalists, then you'll go, well, they're fucking terrible at their job, but they're not journalists. They're provocateurs and they're propagandists and they're great at their job. And to remind myself of that. I know. But there. It's so like people on Twitter just get so baited so easily, right? It is, it is easy. You, so you do a little trolling on Twitter, right? Yeah, I mean, I've always just been like sarcastic, I guess, and troll like people who deserve it. I don't like I, there's all, again all the infighting and all these people doing all this personal stuff. I'm like, how do you have time for that when you can literally troll? <laughs> you can troll the government, like right? Yeah. And there's yeah. a lot, of, and just like uh, out, like outing things and just talking about things that just that's like that's what it's great to use for. Hey, Thomas. Thomas says he's the LP county chair in Arizona and that the most success that he's had is letting people know our store. Just that they're the most two a party. Okay. The, the most two a party and business we want to deregulate and promote small business, which is, yeah. seems like, like a practical thing that most people would want, you know? Yeah, I, was, I, I uh, did a Chamber of Commerce event, of course. I did a couple events with them during the whole thing. And it was interesting, like some of the p business people there, um, I brought like in just talking face to face with the people, I brought up like, yeah, actually what happened during COVID, that was wrong. And then like, it was like, they hadn't heard anybody say that to them. Nobody's told them that it was wrong what happened to them and that shouldn't ever happen again. So that was kind of cool to be like, to say that because this one lady she was like a totally crunchy granola person which so weird they all kind of fell for all that crap too but then she was like no we own this health business in Nevada and and then like it just came up and I was just like it was just like I was like almost started crying she was just like so thrilled to hear me say that it was wrong yeah. she's like we have a health business we care about health and yeah. like we knew it you know so and that was cool. I, yeah. go ahead what was it like like people don't because the media has such a loud uh, projection of their voice, even if it is a minority of people that believe that, it's uh, – what's it called? It's called the spiral of silence where people think that everybody else in the room or, or wherever and wherever they're located um, disagrees with them. So they stay silent about what they believe, and they don't realize that most people actually share their beliefs it's just everybody staying silent and that was yeah. loud. So, so the silent majority, but it's like a sociological effect, which they absolutely exploit and through the Tavistock uh, Institute and the research, the social science research, research they've done. They have been working on uh, syst like systematically in mass being able to exploit people's confirmation bias, their Avoidance of cognitive dissonance and their um, their desire to be part of something bigger. So it's something that I think reminding 
ourselves of it. And so I, I, tell, I believe in people. I, I do. So I, I'm cynical. I think everything's bullshit. I, 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 it wouldn't surprise me if every single personality that we've watched on the news for the past five years doesn't even exist and is actually a fucking deep fake. Okay. I, I don't think that's the case, but I wouldn't be blown away by it. I mean, in South Korea, they actually had a presidential race where the challenging candidate to the incumbent started using deep fakes to appeal to the younger, hipper audience so that made him look younger and made him speak the language of the younger people. And literally, they just ran all these ads of a deep fake. And then when he went to live events, he started using the language of his deep fake. He became his deep fake in the live events and he fucking won. <laughs> a deep, like, like a fucking deep fake one. And what was crazy is that the incumbent, the president, he criticized his opponent at first, but saw how good it was working. And then he started doing the same shit. So two AI digital deep fakes ran against, against each other in South Korea. And, and one of them won. It's, it's really wild to think about the future when it'll be impossible to tell. The difference of all that, but yeah, I, I, like, yeah you got to start doing that. I'm like, that's totally, a great I'm like, yeah, yeah. fucking deep fake, you know. Make me. <laughs> I think it's to win. At this point, I did learn because there was things I was like, oh, maybe I should have been a little more dirty. Got on next door and been like, ah, about him or whatever. But it's just yeah. not my personality. And Were people I getting just, on next door? I I never did, and I was like, well, I should have maybe been like, hey, he was almost recalled, you know, and put out that stuff. But I like. I avoid the only social media I really like is Twitter. <laughs> so I, like, I don't avoid everything else. Next door, I, I just get email notifications for it. That is the wildest app I've ever fucking seen them out. Like people will just they will accuse their neighbors of shit. It's 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 like a <laughs> fucking battleground in there, man. It's nuts. Yeah, one guy, one guy who I know is up with me. He's like, I think they're talking crap about you on next door, and I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't want to see it. Like a lot, there was yeah, a lot of right. stuff. Even when I searched for other articles, I'm like, oh, what's this? And then it's like some long thread on Reddit about me, <laughs> and I'm like, God, yeah. what is? I don't want to see that crap. So it does suck, and that that's a that's definitely a challenge. You don't want to because it's like Yelp reviews. <laughs> there are some people who are always going to leave a bad Yelp review. Like they're never going to be satisfied yeah. and that translate. And then there's people who don't have anything to do and they just want to criticize uh, all day to try and get to people. It's, it, it, it's, uh, it's like an intimidation tactic. They actually have hit squads out. I don't know if you saw the story about the HBO CEO, <laughs> you know, nobody likes their fucking new shows cause they're all scissoring in space and shit. <laughs> it's like, it's, you know, 50 pound chick. who's a lesbian. Is gonna They're be not like, hot people scissoring. It's ugly. No, it's people not sexy scissoring. scissoring at all. No sexy scissoring. <laughs> but everybody's like, this show's fucking sucks. And, and he he contacted his uh, assistant, who and he told her we need to set up uh, an army of of trolls online on Twitter to counteract any criticism of this new show. And so they contacted an intern. The reason that this came out is because the person who they got to do it, who was like a new younger employee was just tasked with being a little bitch of pretending it was like a black kid, like a black guy who they made pretend to be a married mom with four kids and, you know, all this bullshit profile. And then they just made him go say, aren't you fucking racist for saying that? So the white male who runs HBO was attacking other white males on Twitter for criticizing his show 
through a black employee pretending <laughs> to be a white woman. Uh, like it's just like, what the, what is real? Just make a product that people like. <laughs> no, stop being gay as shit about your you know. I, like I don't care if there's gay characters. I've never given a shit. But what I care about is if every single fucking show I watch starts off with two dudes spooning. I don't like. <laughs> I, I don't need to see that right away. I, I like. I've started to predict. Uh, um, w- watching shows with my friends, like I can tell in the first minute, I, I'll go, what's the title of the show? Let's see the first five minutes. There's going to be some uh, 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 full frontal dick in about 15 minutes. Every single fucking time. It's like they're <laughs> trying to make up for all the titties they showed for the past year. We all got to look at dicks, which are not attractive. You know, I, I don't envy women with all the dick pics they get all the time. I just, I, I, do, I do not at all. I just can't imagine. It's overwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm very passionate. Uh, about no, I get it. It's been it. uh, it's been about an hour. Do you have a few more minutes, or I don't want to keep you longer than yeah. Uh, okay. I'm not doing anything. Well, so is there anything on like on your mind that that you want to talk about specifically? I don't want to. Uh, no, I did see a question earlier. Someone asked about signatures. Um, oh yes, yes, yes. Let me find that one again. They were wondering about the libertarians being able to get on the ballot. Yeah. So, so overall the process was actually fairly easy. I mean, just to get on the ballot. Um, so I, I filed in March and then the whole thing, you come in, you can file from any time from there up until August 21st and then in or some date in August and in August I did have to get, I only had to get 25 signatures to make, to ensure my place on the ballot. Um, so that was one time I just went to my neighbors and that was one time Mr. Forrest wanted me help too. He's like, Oh yeah, all our neighbors are so he was helping me, which yeah. was sweet. Um, and so I had to get out, do that. And then, uh, what, like really it wasn't that difficult, which sucks. Cause they are, even out here, the Republicans tried to make ballot access harder at the state level for third party. So there's always, just always on attack. Um, yeah, so I guess that answers that question, though. But I had to get 25, which is funny because the school board candidates had to get 50. But I only had to get 25, which was really? interesting. But man, I guess that's countywide, so it has to be bigger. And I'm just a district, but well, schools are pieces of shit, too. Oh, that's why. And we so we had, and this is the thing if you, if anyone watching is a normal dad or a normal dude, and I say normal like vaguely. But like, that's what we need on these school boards is dads who can say no. So we, ha- we had a libertarian run. It's like, and they went after, went at, and this is something else we found out. So they went after him and called him a racist. And he was pissed off that the, um, the union did. So he found out and, you know, we have to have like registered agents. Whenever you see a political ad, there's like registered agents or registered yeah. PACs or registered organizations. And the lady's name they used for the registered agent was a substitute at a school his kids go to. So he confronted her and was like, what's what? What is this? You're calling me a racist. You're calling me all these names. You know, all the non-union back candidates. It was about all them in two districts. So it happened to our lady. We were running in one and the guy. But he confronted this lady and she was like, I didn't know what they were doing. They just asked for my name and blah, blah, blah. That's what she said. Who knows? Which very well, she was just a stooge. But so there's all sorts of, this is the fun stuff that's coming out about everything now. And now the things I found out kind of peering in a little bit, like getting a little bit of a different view 
is all this exposing of things we can do. And now there was a meeting last night. I felt sick, but I'm starting to go to like go to more of the meetings and say stuff every time, even if it's not on topic, (laughs) have like a whole thing I'm going to say. So that's important because the the spiral of silence I was talking about earlier, the more people see people like you speaking out, the more confidence they get to (laughs) express their beliefs. Cause it's like, Oh my gosh, I'm not the only one that feels this way. And that's something that I learned through COVID is people were intimidated yeah silence and and yeah for twitter i would get messages thank you for saying i am a nut and they'd be like thank you for saying that i can't say that out loud you know it's just like no i'm crazy like i'm i'm like certifiably crazy but like (laughs) and actually you tweeted something earlier that i i very much related to i don't remember what the exact tweet was but my position has always been so I was like diagnosed with like OCD when I was much much younger. But I'm also like that's kind of bullshit. This chemical imbalance. Maybe everybody else is fucking chemically imbalanced, and I'm the fucking normal one. It's kind of like my position is is crazy is normal if it's like reasonable. Like I love people who are a little I, I, like non crazy. I think is just confirm conforming to the establishment narrative. I just think crazy is what people get deemed when they um, say, well, why do we have to do this? Or why should we do that? And they go, wait a minute, what? Uh, nobody's supposed to ask. And they just fucking short circuit and their head explodes. Exactly. And it's, it boggles my... So the one friend I was telling you about earlier, you said something that reminded me of this, was accusing my other friend of being a, a MAGA person for believing that the vaccine had harmed a family member. And I I was just like, Trump promoted the vaccine. (laughs) What what is that? How can you even say like he promoted and still boast about the vaccine yet you're MAGA if you think that maybe it wasn't the greatest fucking thing on God's earth? Yeah. Yeah, And how do you fix that? How do you... I don't, I don't know, know how you deprogram that that type, it's especially. So I'll <laughs> see this friend, and and we'll be after a show, and we'll be hanging out, and him and his girlfriend. So I love them both very. Like I, I, they're both super cool, and I love them. But like, I, I try to just ask questions when it comes to politics if they bring politics up, and they do bring politics up because they inject identity politics and racism and we're all white people all of us are white people you know it was white dorks doing improv and they'll it'll be like uh i'd like to have a burger and a jack daniels and coke and it'll be like uh do you think that you've had the privilege to order jack daniels and coke with the black people haven't had around in, in the city of atlanta because of cop city and i'm like what the fuck are you talking about dude <laughs> and, and, and i feel like they sit around and talk about how we need to be saved and we need to be taken and we need to follow the anti-racist path, which is like following Jesus. You, you can never fully not be racist, but you can always follow the path of anti-racism. Yeah. And it's nothing but white people who are leading people down that road. And it's just <laughs> They're the most racist. And they are the most fucking racist, too. <laughs> so fucking racist, Jessica. All right. I don't want to, I don't want to keep it. I, I could go off forever on this shit. I, I, yeah. Let's do this again. And <laughs> I would love to come on again and do some deep diving or like hearing some shit. Love yeah, it. No. We'll <laughs> definitely do it again. A couple comments. Tits McGee says that forest mommy is hot. Mommy. Oh, this is on Rockfin. And you. Sir Tim of tunnels says if someone had pronouns in their bio, I can, t- I can't take anything they said seriously. I can't either. 
I, I just can't either. No, I have a personality. I don't have to put pronouns in my bio. Thanks. I wouldn't want to like. I would never want to work for somebody who sees pronouns and goes, "That's somebody I'd hire." That's I not- <laughs> You're right. Um, so your Twitter account at Forest Mommy, correct? Yes, at Forest Mommy. Can people find you? Um, pretty much. I mean, YouTube Rumbles where I stream to Forest Mommy. They're pretty easy to find. I have a link tree on my Twitter. I do have an Instagram as well, which is funny because I. I like don't post sexy pictures on Instagram, which is that's where people think you're supposed to like I do it on Twitter. It's more fun on Twitter. But I so I have an Instagram that's Forest Mommy C O. And I'm fairly active on that. That was that was I didn't have uh, Facebook during COVID, but on there I lost friends. You know, I was not even yeah. saying anything wild. They'd be like, like one time I said, uh, it's not normal to need uh to need a to need two and three boosters a year after having two shots. And someone who was like, someone who I've known forever was like, you're anti-science and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, but literally what other shot have you ever done that for? Never. So. Did you ever see that video of Dr. Fauci knocking on black people's doors? Like, oh my, yeah. From his, that like biography that was supposed to make him look good, but it made like people like, like, like no motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. I'm Dr. Fauci, ate a bowl of cigarettes for breakfast. Come on down, colored person. Let's get the shot. And he made sure to bring the, have the black doctors there too, just like Sanger and all these people did back in the day. They bring the black people along to talk to the people. I've done multiple shows on the Tuskegee Project where the only, they weren't infected with syphilis. That's a lot of people believe that. That's not true. They sought out people that already had syphilis, black men. And what they did was prevent them for the next 40 years from ever seeing a doctor that would diagnose what they had because what they wanted to see and learn from, and this is according to the statements of the John Hopkins doctors who were also behind COVID, the very same doctors, is they wanted to see the ravished corpse of uh, a body that has been destroyed by a lifetime of syphilis and they had to prevent any treatment and care. So how they did that was they contacted all of the African-American doctors in the general vicinity where, where they lived and they gave them this list of people of black men told them not to treat them and they gave them a woman a black woman who was their personal nurse who would bring them warm meals who would come help them at their home and who would drive them to all of their appointments and who was their trusted person who helped them and that woman's job was to make sure that they never discovered that syphilis was destroying their body for the rest of their lives. It's fucked up. And they were doing the same fucking strategy when they were trying to get black people not to be vaccine hesitant. And then when you bring this up, what do they say? You're a racist for causing vaccine hesitancy and black people. Because those black people aren't smart enough to know they need it. Duh. We're not the racist for thinking that. Totally. It's like, you're a fucking racist for, for like, thinking black people are smart (laughs) it's just so dumb okay thank you for hanging out with me jessica i I appreciate it i again anybody who is interested in running for office as a libertarian or or really any party i think you could probably learn from uh jessica's experience and i think you said you were going to put together something maybe to to help people and i think that's a great idea it's just you went through like the torture chamber (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like you really did. That's it's just wild. That's a very brave thing to do. And I know Thanks. a lot of people appreciate it. So check her out on social media, follow her on YouTube and uh, 
take lessons from her and apply them in your lives if you can. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you everybody in the chats who commented, hung out, Rockfin, Rumble, YouTube, Twitter. We'll talk to you guys next time. Have a fantastic rest of your day. Bye.